coming up next on the breadwinning mums. I don't really regret things because I always, even even if bad things happen, I learn from the experience. Mm. So I don't necessarily regret anything. All mums of all ages, number one tip is find a partner who's supportive, who shares life with you and particularly bringing up the kids. <laughs> Everything involved with that, it's really important. And if you're working, very, very important to work with a family-friendly company. Very, very important. And now there are lots of ways you can investigate that because that makes your life so much easier. Don't feel that you have to be the superstar because we all need support. We all need uh, support for everything that we do and you don't get overloaded. Welcome to the show. I'm Jane Lim. On the Breadwinning Mums podcast, we debunk the myths of working mums, cheer each other on, and show the world that it's okay to be a mum and still pursue excellence in your chosen area of expertise. Today we're chatting with Lynn Wood, a fellow breadwinning mum with two adult children and one granddaughter. Lynn is an extremely accomplished professional and the founder of Idea Spies. She shared with us her life story about growing up in Australia, moving to work in Hong Kong whilst building her financial independence before coming back to Australia to start her family. Here we go with Lynn Wood. Hello, Lynn. How are you? Hello, Jane. Looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, I know. So obviously we met each other at Meet the CEO event that um, the UNSW School of Business threw a couple of months ago when we actually sat next to each other watching Shimara Wikramanayaki off the Macquarie Bank. Um, So it's been a pleasure reconnecting with you again as a fellow AGSM student or uh, alumni. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, a little bit more about your background, where you started from, and how you came to be where you are? Sure, Jane. And it's great to be interviewed uh, by you, because I must say, you asked a great question, in fact, in front of these thousands of people. (laughs) (laughs) You were very good, and I admired you asking a question, a very relevant question. Thank you. Sometimes I can can be a little bit uh, too... too, investigative sometimes my friends don't think I ask the appropriate questions but it's good to know that it has its its place sometimes (laughs) I share that with you I'm always asking questions and it's very helpful because you learn a lot when you ask questions yeah 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 yeah, that's great so I started off as a graduate trainee in retailing right at the bottom of the run uh, Mm. as a salesperson Mm. and I worked my way up 
uh, in retail uh, at that store to become a, a sales manager, which mm. was a big time for a young girl. And I was doing something that I really didn't want to be doing at that age, which was I was selling children's wear and I was not at all interested in children at that time. Mm. But anyway, I then progressed with them, uh, which was more interesting for me uh, to become a buyer. Mm. And uh, yeah, I remember at that time being interviewed uh, for the position and I was told that to get the position, I had to be hard and cruel and have no uh, obligations to anyone. Uh, and was I that person mm. as a buyer, be a bar? And I said, sure, yes, I am that person. Here I'm sitting there with long blonde hair at that time. Uh, and yeah, obviously the world's opening up to me. And the uh, HR director then said to me, well, what are you going to do if you don't get the position? And I said, I'm going back to uni. And uh, he said, what are you going to do? And I said, social work. <laughs> So I thought I'd blown it, completely blown it at that point, because that was not the sort of person they were looking for. But they did actually employ me. And I did mm. become um, a buyer in children's wear, which I was great for me because I didn't think that was the right response. And uh, I did experience that. The other buyers were very much win-lose. Mm. And I've always been win-win. Mm. So, uh, it's much better, uh, I think, that both people win in a negotiation. So I found mm. that very useful strategy, even though uh, we were all being taught win-lose. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the same in uh, as a buyer these days, but that's uh, the situation. Mm. Then I went on from that, uh, having uh, that experience, which was really a good experience in terms of uh, being assessed in terms of my sales and my profitability. Uh, I wanted to get into marketing. Mm. And so I joined Amex as a marketing coordinator, then starting at the very bottom again. And I rose to become a director of sales and marketing uh, actually based in Hong Kong and mm. I, I did listen to your former interview and mm. the woman there uh, worked in Hong Kong and it was a great experience mm. working in a completely different culture I was the only Wailo the only non-Chinese in the office mm. and mm. the only woman was there at that time as an executive position uh, so mm. it's a terrific learning another culture uh, how to interact in it, and also to travel around Asia. I travelled a lot around Asia as a result mm. of that position. Mm. So uh, I always thought that it was important to keep your education up. So during those times, I did an MA in psychology, uh, which is also very helpful because you've got to understand how people are thinking. However, I didn't want to stay in Hong Kong because uh, the position led to being... Um, sent around the world to different, you know, as an expatriate. So it seems like a very a glamorous life, but the reality is it's not so glamorous. I was seeing marriages broken up and I had just got married at that stage. Hmm. And I thought, no, I, I want to get back to Australia. So hmm. I came back again into retailing. Hmm. Uh, and then I had this experience whereby I was had this absolutely brilliant, try thought, <laughs> uh, marketing campaign for the company, all planned out in association with the buyers who'd put money towards it. And then the company was taken over. And I was mm. one of the very, very first uh, in Australia to experience being retrenched. And that was like a terrible, still a bad experience, but it was even worse then because it just didn't happen then. Mm. And we told them I had to convert all this brilliant marketing into sales advertising. Mm. So at that point, I thought, I really need, uh, this is where we can associate again, I really need to go out and do an MBA because mm. 
I should have been looking out as soon as they started taking the pot plants away. <laughs> I should have realized uh, mm. that they were cost cutting unrealistically uh, and uh, I should have started looking for another job. But that's it. I did the MBA. I even studied the merger. Uh, it was mm. between Mart and Colt at that time. And just, just, just to uh, find out what the synergies were. And there were very significant synergies uh, at mm. that time. Uh, so on from there, uh, I went back into um, uh, into learn investment. I then went into property um, and I became a, a director of a fund, a property fund. And that really led to my career in boards. And that's really what I wanted to do. Uh, mm. I wanted to have uh, influence on boards. And so that was a great experience. So I've done all that. And then uh, at the end of that, my, my last board role was the best role. I think it was uh, a board role that involved my traveling around overseas. Hmm. And it was on one of those trips that um, a guide in Canada actually said, uh, promote what you love rather than bash what you hate. Hmm. And I absolutely hate the fact that we get so much negative news. And I thought there should be a platform that showcases the positive ideas happening around the world because I was seeing them and taking hmm. note of them. And I was with a friend at the time, whom I, he was my best friend in Hong Kong. <laughs> and we just thought, we'll start up Idea Spies. And so I just then, after that, decided I wouldn't continue anything else. I just mm. wanted to put my life towards sharing positive ideas and trying to cut through the negative news. And that's uh, hence. And I was actually the first to call myself one of those uh, strange uh, titles, uh, Chief Idea Spy. Uh, mm. You know, those titles have become very popular since then. So yeah, I think it's my marketing background. So it was really good to have a marketing background in combination with finance. So thank yeah. you for asking me. I yeah, hope that that's excellent. You. Yes, thank you so much for, um, you know, taking us through from the very beginning, I guess. So when you went to Hong Kong with uh, American Express, um, did you actually uh, know your husband then or did you guys meet there? You know, um, we actually um, got married before I went. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. And at that time, it, I think it's not easier now, but at that time it was very hard for a spouse to get a job. Yes. And he was really good. And he offered to travel the world with me in terms of opportunities mm. that I had in mm. other countries. Mm. But I thought that was unfair at the time mm. to do that. And I thought I'd be better off back in Australia. And so while it was a fabulous experience, uh, I thought, uh yeah I, I wanted to diversify I always liked diversification and so I was also one of the very first to develop a portfolio career because then you okay. don't have all your eggs in one basket yes okay so did you have a long distance uh, marriage for a while yeah. then yeah yeah oh wow how long did you do it for <laughs> mm, a couple of years yeah we just come back and forth yeah nearly nearly two years yeah Wow, we, and we're talking back then, before there was FaceTime, before there was WhatsApp, right? So yeah. all you had was just a weekly phone call every now and then, and yeah. you're on and the meter. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, wow. it was great. And in fact, we had our honeymoon later because yeah. we hadn't got married quite quickly when I was going to Hong Kong because I said, I'm yeah. taking up this opportunity to get married. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we had our honeymoon in India, and we did oh. the golden triangle in india and since then i've back, been back to india five times uh so we had um we had our children while i was in the later stages of my executive career i was actually with schroeder's at the time and yeah. it was a great company to work with when uh, i had the children yeah uh, and uh we took them to india on separate trips to north india and south 
India because my husband yeah. wanted to show them the, the beauty uh, of India. Hmm. How long have you been with your husband before you got married? A few years. A, a few yeah. years. I know about four years, I suppose. Yeah. Four years. Okay. Wow. And that's enough of a foundation, I guess, to sustain a long distance marriage for a while. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. What were we the keys? Yeah. Sorry? What were the three things or three um uh, rituals, I guess, that you did as a couple that really helped you through that journey? of a long-distance marriage? Mm. I don't know. I just think there's a big benefit in it because yeah. you have the opportunity, you know, to see all the possibilities. You get to see the whole market. Actually, it happened with my daughter as well because mm. she had a, for a while a distance um, with her husband-to-be. And I think it, it makes you realise you can see that the grass is not greener, put it that way. <laughs> okay I love it <laughs> okay. because you've, you've got full scope and opportunity to do whatever you want and we've always and yet you always... stayed and yet mm -hmm. you stayed right yeah, yeah. you can see yeah. all the scopes of possibilities and yet you stayed yes yes, yes. Mm. because you, you can check out the market really well because you're a single yeah. person and going to interesting places yeah. yeah and and for both of us so it's yeah. a real test of a relationship yeah uh, that's that positive and mm. we're very very different people like I'm a person who makes very like very very quick decisions and he is very slow in his decisions mm. and so, for example we went to India and mm. I had uh, an American Express for taking me around to look at things uh, I wanted to buy some carpet and so we're in the showroom and he's looking at carpets I'm looking at carpets and within 10 minutes I'd, I'd spent a few thousand dollars yeah. on carpet and he was quite yeah. shocked that yeah. I could spend this money before yeah. I looked at everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just made it quickly. Yeah, that's the nature of who I am. And we've been good for one another in that respect because he slowed me down. More. That's right. And and I have um, made him quicker. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You balance each other out. Exactly. Yeah. And that's good for the kids as well because they're then in the middle. They're not so much on either extreme. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about your kids. How many do you have and uh, how are they like? What's their life like? Um, well, uh had the son first and he's now in his early 30s. Mm. And uh, he's, uh, he's a lawyer. When he, My husband actually tried to convince him not to be a lawyer because uh, Max was a lawyer. Oh, okay. And, and thought that's not something uh, that you should do in terms of happiness in life because you're always okay. solving problems. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's something in the fact that when uh, you have parents or a parent who uh, is, is, has specialised in a particular area, you know more about it. Anyway, he has become a lawyer uh, and he's very good at it. Hmm. So, yeah, so, uh, but... Originally, my husband was trying to convince him to become a doctor. So he was all set for that, but then graduated into the GFC. And so it was hard to find positions. So he went back to uni. Oh, wow. Uh, and okay. then did law instead. Okay. And uh, a daughter is uh, in incredibly creative. And it's been uh, lovely seeing her uh, creative work when she was younger. But then mm. she's more decided to follow me uh, in relation to going into banking. And okay. 
Yeah, and uh, so so she uh, is over in London. Uh, mm. She was actually working uh, with NAB, and they sent her over to New York, and then they sent her partner to London, and and then uh, she left her job in New York and went to London to find another job, and uh, she's working with a bank, and she recently uh, finished uh, an MBA herself mm. at the London School of Business. Yeah. Mm. Nice. All right. So two kids, adults. Mm -hmm. Is now your son in Sydney with you? Yes, he's in Sydney. Yeah. Okay. And they That's have a great. daughter, a, a daughter who's uh, quite a delight, a young daughter. Yeah. Okay. That's wonderful. So I'd like to go back in time, I guess, um, to the young Lynn. Uh, mm -hmm. when you were probably in uh, high school age trying to decide uh, where you are in life and where you're going did you always know that you were going to work in your career yes I did uh, because my mother again I think she was ahead of her time uh, she told me never to depend on anyone uh, that uh, I should really um, you know, earn my own living, uh, be independent. Yep. Uh, and she drummed that. She even uh, gave me shares at a young age that made me interested uh, in the mm. stock market mm. uh, at a young age. Uh, when I was at school, I had stockbrokers. <laughs> a oh, wow. small investment, yeah. And so yep. I learned a lot through that process. I made a lot of money, then lost a lot. Mm. And, you know, you just learn a lot through that process. And, and I hired an accountant. Uh, to uh, claim my losses he said you've got to claim your profits then it all netted out <laughs> I, yeah but it was a, a learning experience hmm. okay so, was that so because was your good. mom hmm? was that because your mom was an independent woman or was that because she was dependent on someone else yes yeah, so I think the latter because she was the bank manager's wife mm. and so she couldn't be independent mm. and so she just made me aware of the fact so that meant that I was always clear that I was going to earn money myself yeah uh, yeah and not rely on somebody else yeah yeah and I think that is really important for women it's a, yeah. I was very lucky to have that upbringing uh, I think a lot of women are not taught that from an early age but it's, it's always possible to learn mm. yeah? because it's such an important thing in life to be able yeah. to sort out the good from the bad in the finances yeah <laughs> Everyone Did makes mistakes. Know, I've made mistakes along the way, but not too many of them. I guess understanding it is the first big step, right? Once you understand, then you can make a decision and then you can enhance those decisions along the way. But growing yeah, up, yeah. did you notice a few nuances of, of something over and above what your mom told you? Did you notice a few certain dynamics in your in your family that really led you towards that financial independence? Another very good question. <laughs> yes, um, because I saw my brother be very successful. He mm. was an older brother as an entrepreneur. Mm. He was lucky. Right? Mm. And he didn't know how to manage the money. Mm. Uh, and so that was not good for him. And then I saw my sister uh, become dependent. Yeah? yeah. And that was not good for her. She uh, she uh, changed in later in her life. Mm. Uh, but I was seeing these things at close hand. So I mm. think when you see things within your own family, uh, yeah. 
they resonate with you more than seeing of course people outside because you you seem more accepting inside <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So I could see where my mother was coming from yeah interesting okay and what about being a mum did you always know that you were going to be a mum no not at all um very being very frank I didn't even like kids um <laughs> <laughs> you know because I was so bad you bent on making money and you know yeah like doing well and yeah. uh but then time goes on and you think, uh, maybe I don't want to miss out. <laughs> and uh, it was fabulous having kids, actually. Uh, they added to my life, our lives tremendously. I could never say I was held back by having kids because uh, as they grow up, I'm always learning with them, you know, yeah. learning what they were doing and what they were interested in seeing their talents uh, developed. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it was a real joy to see yeah. how, how they were developing and uh they would keep me leveled like yes. I never thought highly of myself because I was always leveled <laughs> yeah or as they got older you know what I wore yeah. what I said mm. everything was under scrutiny yeah <laughs> excellent how old were you when you uh, first had your son or when uh, you first my... started thinking about having kids actually uh, uh mid 30s just before mid 30s mm. okay and was max in on it as well from the get-go oh yeah 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 i mean yes yes it's an yeah. adventure okay. <laughs> yeah okay that's good <laughs> and there's no it's not we practiced on cats before we <laughs> cats. <laughs> we've, got, we've got to be able to keep cats alive <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> How far apart were the children? Just less than two years. Less than two years. Okay. That must have been a really hectic couple of years, right? When you have two under two. Um, how did oh, you yeah. manage all that with your career, with Max's um, career as well? Yeah. You asked very good questions, James. Um, <laughs> uh, at that time, uh, I thought that um, having childcare was the best option. Mm. Uh, rather than going with the nanny mm. and so the children were enrolled in childcare, and the wonderful childcare over at Bondi Junction mm. uh, that they were both uh, at in fact uh, we were paying for my daughter before she was even born mm. I know people complain about it now about the, but there were huge shortages yeah uh, and um, I knew she was going to be born and a, a place came up Mm. and uh it was too early <laughs> Still mm. pregnant. but they said if I didn't take that place there might not be another place yeah for quite a while and so I paid early just just to yeah. have the place and that was paying full-time it was full-time it was not three days a week or whatever it was for full-time yeah um and uh, then having two uh, my boss has said, oh, because I elected not to go part-time. I know part-time has become more popular now, but mm. at the time when I was an exec, um, part-time was not a good option because mm. uh, I figured that I'd end up just doing the same amount of work in four days mm. uh, as five, and mm. the money would be less and I'd lose the privileges. So yep. I, decided, I decided to stay on as full-time. Mm. But the company were incredibly accommodating because I used to flash out at five o'clock. I had to be out to pick up 
uh, our kids at 5.30, or my, and my husband shared it as well. Just mm. plus getting. And then having two, uh, my boss has said, I think, we think you need more help. <laughs> and uh, at that stage, uh, I'm not so sure if they operate so well now, but decided to have au pairs. So that uh, girls largely from mm. Europe who come out here yep. for mm. six months a year, and they would stay with it. Then I just have to retrain people and... Yeah, but mm. I thought that that was good for the kids in terms of having a diversity of people in their upbringing. Mm. Mm. Okay, excellent. And so kids usually demand various things at different ages, right? When they were a little bit young, they're a little bit more physically demanding. When they um, turn into the teenage years, they challenge you. And so there's a lot of that mental stimulation. And now where your kids are their own independent adults, they probably require less of your support, but more of your, um, I guess, unconditional support, knowing that whatever life throws at them, you'll still be there whenever they need you. Um, would you be able to explain how those stages, life stages have grown throughout times and how they have affected your relationship with them? Sure. Uh, well, before having kids, I remember having some people over for dinner uh, and all they did all night was complain about their teenage kids. <laughs> And I said, I don't understand this. Given kids are so bad, why did you have more than one? <laughs> well, because they are teenagers. Because teenagers are that stage when they are becoming more difficult. And when they're very young, they love you and they adore you and you get lovely letters saying how wonderful you are. <laughs> they're just yeah. such a, We had yeah. all of that, yeah? Yeah. Uh, and then teenagers, yes, I think um, it, it is more difficult in fact I went to I remember going to a dinner I was on the cedar board at one stage and I went to a dinner that was addressed by Hugh Mackay who was a well-known social commentator mm. and he was talking about um, helicopter parents mm. and I put my hand up and said I'm a helicopter parent now mm. that was an interesting thing to say and but I was saying it in the context of I'm there, like in strategy terms, the helicopter is good because you're mm. up yeah. uh, and, as you say, you can give them a lift, right? Mm. You can give mm. them a lift when they need it. Mm. it the, team, the term, I believe, has been demonized, uh, demonized, <laughs> demonized um, to apply to parents on the sideline to shout out nasty things, you know, to encourage mm. their kids. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, I've always had the approach that exactly as you described, that we're there to help mm. at different stages if you need our help. But um, hopefully we've guided you so you make the right decisions along the way. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was through the teenage years. So we're there and you go through uh, some challenges. And then um, when they grow up, uh, yeah, just easier. It's a lot easier. And I guess that's why I can do ideas spies now. Because mm. they're not with me. When your kids are with you, your mm. mind is always thinking, where are they right now? Like yeah. I was thinking, coming home, yeah. where are they? Like I lost my, my daughter once um, in um, overseas, oh. uh, in Colombia of all places. Oh, and I was beside myself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Were you on a family trip? No, no, no. She uh, had gone on her own. Um, oh, okay. Meeting some other friends there, and I just lost contact. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And and I actually to the point where I called up Foreign Affairs, and they yeah. said, "We're lucky. You're lucky. We haven't heard from your daughter because that would be bad." 
Yeah. Anyway, she eventually surfaced, but you have all these sort of concerns at different yes. stages. Are they yes. in the right place? Are they okay? Because I'd been to Mexico myself and never get into a taxi. And there's the yeah. tax and things like that. I travel a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, but now uh, what's lovely is they both have uh, good partners. Yeah don't have to worry so much and so that leaves me more thinking time to do something like idea spines which requires a lot of thinking yeah you know, in terms of developing the platform and uh encouraging people including you to join it and your readers hopefully yeah okay so so what what has really inspired you other than filtering out all of the noise out there from the truth what has really inspired you to start idea spies what was that spark that moment that really converted you? Well, that was the time when the guy said, promote what you love rather than bash what you hate. Mm. But I thought if anybody could do this, it's me. Because mm. I've had the marketing background. You know, when I mm. worked with the American Express, I used to write the newsletters, the mm. cardinal newsletters, I started it, mm. uh, interviewing restaurants and, and whatnot. And, and I remember at the time, uh, my boss taught me very well, every word came. So I'm very sort of punchy in, uh, in, mm. in the way I express things. And I also felt that there's a real need to explain things simply. Mm. And so that's what Idea Spies is. It's got the ideas that are happening, but expressed very, very simply. So anyone yep. can understand them. Yeah. I've got this girl to do it um, mm. and somebody needs to do it. <laughs> mm. And so I, you know, and then uh, we actually started with my friend from Hong Kong. She's actually a professor over in New York at a university. So she mm. continued her role, but she's now on our advisory board. Mm. So it's lovely to keep contact with her, um, with Ideas Buyers. Um, yeah. So I just took the more adventurous route, but she's still involved in it, very much involved in it. Yeah. And we have okay. other people who are very strong supporters, uh, and it's lovely. It connects me with a lovely group of people, positive people with positive ideas. And I, I, I really value that at this time of my life. Yeah, of course. Okay. It's probably your way of giving back to the world. Exactly. It, mm. it, it is a way of giving back. Um, and, and because I think I'd like other people, including you, to have the joy of just looking every day to see what are the positive things happening around the world. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So it, it's nice to be able to do that. I wake up in the morning. I, uh, at one stage, Ideas Bites was open because it was all built like a Facebook, but only for positive ideas expressed simply. Yeah. Um, and it was open. But as it became mm. more popular, people started putting up dud ideas. So I had mm. to close it down. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and so now it's only um, available to the advisory board and to the editors and certain other people I know uh, mm. to post ideas. Yeah. But anyone can comment. Okay, that's nice. What I'm really excited about is we've just started a new program in schools because I'm very passionate about this. That, in fact, the best, um, the, the most popular uh, TED talk of all time is about, you know, is actually asking the question do schools kill creativity? Mm. Kids are really, really creative. Anyway, so uh, a teacher has been trialing ideas bias for what he's called an uprising initiative, which is encouraging design and technology students to post their um, main design projects on Ideas Buyers. 
and get comments on them from business and industry. Anyway, that's uh, child very well for two years. And now he's, own, he's developed his own site using the methodology because it's quite complicated. It looks really simple, mm. but it's quite complicated underneath mm. uh, in terms of um, giving people the opportunity to post ideas, in his case, students to post their ideas. And they have to get the approval of their schools and their teachers and their parents to go mm. on, but it's very, very valuable to them. What it means is they get the comments, they improve their project, they change their idea during the process, which they can with ideas first, and then they can use it uh, as a credential, basically as a link, instead of just putting their project away in the, the cupboard at mm. the end of the year, mm. uh, they could actually use it as a link in terms of uh, showing their creativity. So I love all that. I love being able mm. to with that sort of yeah. thing. Talking about students, so you did a master's in psychology and then several years later you did the MBA at AGSM. How mm-hmm. did how did be studying the MBA at AGSM um, change your career traje- trajectory? Uh, I think in a very helpful way because it made me um, much more um, un- aware of the importance of finance. Remember, my background was marketing. Mm. marketing is all about increasing sale basically mm. through mm. and that's where the psychology is very useful mm. understanding how people think because you're not just selling uh, a product you are designing a new product so I had a lot of experience in designing new products mm. um, and but then you've got to under, like my buying experience taught me about profitability but I really needed to understand it more in, particularly mm. when you come to takeovers of companies <laughs> mm. that I was experiencing um, and and so the MBA was very, very helpful. Uh, and that's where, uh, as a result of that, I was able to uh, have board positions. I was quite skilled in relation mm. uh, to understanding um, finances, accounting. Uh, and then uh, along the way, I've had my own, we've had businesses, very important because I'm on, quite entrepreneurial as well. Uh, and that's been helpful. Uh, and then that led me uh, to work with the government, uh, for example, to be, um, to be chair of the financial reporting um, forum in Australia, which was the government mm. forum, uh, which, which had uh, associated with it uh, ASIC and APRA and the regulators and other uh, government organisations and, and uh, also uh, corporate organisations. Wow. And I couldn't have done that without at that time, the MBA, yeah? yeah, giving me the the basic knowledge, not just basic, but understanding, mm. yeah. Plus, having some entrepreneurial experiences where I had to step in and take over certain situations, yeah. Uh, and plus, it's very useful in life in general. Yeah. And did you do this after you have your two children? No, before. Before, okay. I was going to say yeah. might <laughs> might be a bit of a juggle trying to um to do a lot of things in one okay that's interesting so during your um your journey parenting your two children across you know various life stages were there any certain rituals that worked for you during each specific stage so maybe one when the kids were young one when the kids were teenagers and one when they were all adults were there any specific rituals that you and max did that really made it made it through Actually, no. Um, we were very flexible. We had to change mm. all the time. 
Mm. Yeah, we've stayed one thing we've stayed in the same house the whole time mm. the house that we we bought before mm. having kids not thinking about having kids mm. uh, but we've just changed the nature of the house um throughout having kids just going through the different stages because each stage was an adventure yeah. we had no rituals i've noticed now uh, it's more possible like with my son and daughter-in-law i don't know if you call it rituals but they have uh, they, they seem much less flexible mm. because there are different. You can research now; it's quite easy. Research the mm. best way of doing whatever. Mm. It wasn't so easy before. Yeah, yeah. And so you had to depend on who you knew. Yeah. yeah. Same with like the the students doing their projects; they just depended on who they knew rather than yeah. getting advice from a, a wider circle. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so there was nothing. Nothing stayed the same. It was always changing. <laughs> but that's life. And yeah. that make life better because it's not boring. Yeah. So I guess the ritual, if I could synthesize from that, is the ritual is to go with the flow and really adapt according to what your yeah. family needed. Yeah. So what, mm. what sort of rituals I'm interested in what you would think would be a ritual? Um, some people have said having dinner every single night as a family and having a conversation is their ritual to go. Um, some have said date night once a week or once every other week has really helped them really keep keep that relationship together, especially when the kids were young and, you know, you don't really have much time for yourself, let alone for the marriage. So it's quite different and every couple does it differently. Yeah, I guess um, in, well, well, certainly um, would never eat in front of TV or anything mm. like that. But mm. if you're going to be eating, I totally agree. You've got to be having a conversation. Mm. Yeah, I always was dead against uh, eating uh, in front of TV. Uh, and the kids weren't able to watch TV during the week. Yeah, mm. And um, I, we also had them learning piano at a young age, having mm. lessons with school gave them lots of opportunities in terms of uh, developing their talents. Um, uh, I think uh, acting, for example, as my husband was an amateur actor, I think that's a really good skill. So I used to take my daughter along to uh, casting sessions. Mm. Um, my son wouldn't go, but she did. And mm. so I thought that was a really good experience for her. Um, mm. And I was one of the mums who would <laughs> go out and <laughs> take her along. And uh, at one stage, she wasn't getting wrong. And so uh, I actually put her into um, at NIDA. Mm. Uh, there was a course on mm. um, casting. Mm. Uh, and I remember going out, it was a, a Channel 7 ad, and uh, going out and I get there and all the mums are saying, it's, you're too late because I'm terrible with directions. <laughs> I was like, you're too late. But apparently after doing this course, she just walked in and she just got landed the job straight away because that sort of thing helped you anyway mm. and she at one stage was star of a mcdonald's commercial mm. and she loved mcdonald's so that was perfect mm. and i was able to strip them in for her 21st into a film iMovie. movie yeah that, mm. with other things yeah so i guess that was it you know exploring that whatever the kids talents talents um son was really really good at basketball so mm. and then enrolled her as well so enrolled mm. him in uh, as well as at school and in social, you know, club teams and then travelling around the state, you know, on 
basketball things. So mm. we were very, very flexible, always changing according to the kids' talents, basically. Yeah. I always okay. found I always found having the kids was an addition to my career. It never held me back. Mm, that's interesting. Mm. Talk a little bit more about that. Um, never. Well, I guess because Unta, it's a matter you learn uh, when having kids. It's all about giving. It's not taking. Yeah. So as I said before, it's leveling as an experience. So you never get full of yourself. I always think that whenever you get full of yourself, it's your downfall. <laughs> and so it's good to be leveled and the kids level you. Mm. <laughs> and plus um, they keep you in touch with what's new. Yeah, they kept me in touch with everything that's new. And yeah, I find that very, very useful. So kids don't hold you back from um, living your true self, right? Or from fulfilling your your career. Mm-hmm. How did you feel when you were about to leave home and your kids were small, you're about to drop them off at that childcare in Bondi and they said, mommy, don't leave me. Mommy, can you stay at home? What went through your mind? But they didn't do that with me, mm-hmm. um, which was interesting because... Mm-hmm they were going to childcare from such a young age. Mm. I noticed that it more it was more the kids who were older were left up, mm. who were more used to being at home. Our kids were not used to being at home. They were used to a day from very young. Yeah, I, mm. I went back to work. At that stage, it was not possible to take six months, 12 months off and keep your mm. career. Mm. So uh, I was able to take four months off because I actually you didn't even get maternity leave, right? Um, or pay anything paid so I had to mm. save up I had to save up mm. on holiday leave to mm. go yep. mm. and yeah that was okay uh, I saved up uh, for four months uh, mm. to be able to have uh, each of the children or and just take some leave without absence um, but they were never they were just used to it during mm. the week that was mm. the routine mm. never experienced that yeah not not maybe mildly uh, my, my daughter was only really happy to see me in the afternoon um, at childcare because she wanted her dummy. <laughs> and at childcare, they wouldn't allow her to have a dummy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the first thing was dummy, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, that's interesting. Um, what about when they were growing up a little bit? Did you ever get mummy guilt um, in your working career when you had, you know, that tug pull and push between you know going to a career of your choice and leaving your family behind um actually as I mentioned to you before uh, this interview uh a proud moment I had with my daughter was when she was very was very young mm. and she came home from school one day and she said oh the, the kids other kids were asking me my why you don't pick me up from school every day like their mums and she said I told them that it's because my mum's out earning lots of money. Mm. And I thought, not that I was earning lots of money, of course, but I just thought that was a really good comeback for her. So she mm. wasn't defensive. Mm. You know, about, you know, I'm poor me, you know, I've got a mum who doesn't pick me up. Uh, I was very pleased with that approach. So mm. no, I just I haven't really had problems um with mm. with 
that. Um, but then also, I think it's very important when you have kids to choose the company that you work with. And I had deliberately chosen a company that I thought would be good, would give me mm. the flexibility. Mm. Uh, and, and, and they were really, really great and, great and supporting me. So it, that meant that I could go to most of the things, most of the important things, like their sporting, they were both very good at sport, their sporting events and any drama things or whatever, I could actually get to. Mm. And it was more difficult then, as it should be easier now, because now, you know, it's now possible to work from home as well. Yeah. Mm. At that stage, it was all work in the office. Mm. But the the guys I work with were uh, totally agree with me. I, I've always thought that work is not a, mat, uh, a matter of how many hours you spend in the office. Mm. It's how well you do it. Yeah. yeah. And before companies were always afraid to give their employees the flexibility to work from home. Mm. Yeah. Um, because they didn't trust them. Now, of course, COVID, they had to trust people and it's worked mm. out you can trust people. And so yeah. people are able to have hope. So it's more possible for people now to do mm. the things that I was very fortunate to be able to do, which was to join a lot of them. And my husband did as well, because we used to share things. But mm. I didn't want to get to the event because I loved it. I love seeing them develop. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, so if you could go back in time to when you just gave um, birth to your son, if you could give your younger self one advice, what would that be? One advice? There isn't really anything. I honestly, I think I'm very pleased the way I've just muddled through with it. There's nothing, nothing, nothing. See, I'm also a great believer, and one of my favorite sayings uh, is re regret is much more terrifying than failure. So I've, I don't really regret things because I always, even, even if bad things happen, I learn from the experience. Mm. So I don't necessarily regret anything. Yeah. Mm. What was the biggest life lesson that you learned then? The biggest life lesson? It was all, once I had kids, it was all about giving and not taking. In fact, I had a conversation with my son when he was quite young about this point. Uh, and I said to him, honey, you're always taking, you know, like, you know, um, why don't you give a bit? And he said, but no, no, that's your job. <laughs> you're the parent. You give. I take, when I have kids, I will give. <laughs> so that's it. It's about giving, but enjoying the rewarding experiences that gives you. Mm. Like maybe that's unusual, but there's nothing else that I would, I really, but also I'm, I'm, I am a try hard. I try hard, really hard at everything. Mm. And if I, you know, and if I tried and, and something hasn't worked out, you know, I've tried my best. I've done my best. Yeah. But I'm very happy. I'm very, very pleased with the kids and the way they've turned out. I'm really, really, mm. really pleased. Um, um, so, yeah. <laughs> and my career's been okay. And it's lovely to be interviewed by you and, and to have met you uh, on that evening. Mm, of course. And so you mentioned that you have a granddaughter as well? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just the one? So far? Yes. Yeah. Okay. How have you, uh, do you think that, of course, the relationship is different, but do you think that your perspective has changed 
being a, a mother first and now a grandmother? Uh, actually, that's another funny question because my son didn't think that I could adjust to this because I, you know, like he has a different view of me as a mother, or he did, right? Because I guess he only remembers me as a, a mother when I was uh, moderating him, not for the younger years, right? So he was very surprised that I could, you know, accommodate uh, and be with her and take care of her very easily, um, which I found very interesting. <laughs> um, and so we get on very well. So I have volunteered to mind her one day a week. Mm, nice. Yeah, which, which I do. And it's a delight because I see her developing and I enjoy it just as I enjoyed them. But um, maybe I have more time now for a whole day is dedicated to her. Yeah. Uh, perhaps I didn't then because mm. uh, you had weekends and you were sharing things with different people, uh, except maybe on holidays. So, yeah, it's a nice relationship. It's, it's lovely. And so I'm seeing all the different starting from she's two and a half now uh all the you know development that she's going yeah. through is lovely yeah. to see that's wonderful so I'm very pleased with that as well yeah some of the things that I've heard from grandparents is um the two things actually two things have changed the first one is that they have less pressure to earn a living because now that they are in a stage where they are comfortable with life and they have the means to to live and the second is they realize the um the limits in their life so they can see that each day is a privilege and they appreciate each day more than they did when they were a parent and that those two combination with uh, you know the presence of a grandchild really creates this beautiful experience can you associate with that oh yeah certainly uh, the two points yeah, because that's another reason I can do ideas by it, because uh, it's not um, it's not a concerned about making money. Yeah, mm. concerned about uh, sharing ideas that do good that should be shared, mm. Yeah? Mm. And supporting other people. Um, and yeah, on the other point, just having uh, the relationship. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's just very very positive. But yeah, I, and I don't I don't get stressed by things as I mm. might have. I just don't get stressed so much. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting to see that there are different, like where, as I said, I was very flexible. They are more uh, rules-based in terms of the way things are done, but I could learn the rules and, and do it, you know. But as she's getting older, uh, it requires a more flexible approach, which is great. So, mm. yeah, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, happy. I'm happy with all of that, yeah. So That's great. And it's great because they live quite close. We've got the tram here um which connects us uh the new mm. tram line uh which mm. connects us very well so it's pretty easy to get here and here and back okay that's good so one uh question that i always ask all um all guests in the show is do you have an alpha mom song the song that resonates with me most in terms of my life is girls just want to have fun right <laughs> <laughs> and that everything I do is involved in enjoying life. As you say, every day is precious. Uh, I hear so many things happening to people, mm. you know, suddenly. Uh, mm. I do remember another guiding song for me uh, is the Baz Luhrmann, the Band-Aid song about mm. don't worry. It's very good and I prefer it mm. to my kids as well. 
it's very good in the sense that don't worry about things because mm. it's the big things that are going to hit you on a Tuesday when you least expect it that are really going mm. to affect you. So otherwise, just don't worry about. So I guess what I try and do is enjoy every day, try and do things that I like doing with people I enjoy being with. And it's positive people with positive ideas. And that's where Idea Spice comes in to that sort of way of life. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for making the time to um, chat with me today. I really appreciate it. For all other breadwinning mums out there, do you have any last tip for all mums of all ages? All mums of all ages. Number one tip is find a partner who's supportive, who shares life with you, and particularly bringing up the kids. <laughs> Everything involved with that, that's really important. And if you're working, very, very important to work with a family-friendly company. Very, very important. And now there are lots of ways you can investigate that because that makes your life so much easier. Don't feel that you have to be the superstar because we all need support. We all need uh, support for everything that we do and you don't get overloaded. That's great. All right. Well, thank you so much and um, have a great week ahead. Well, thank you very much, Jane, for interviewing me. It's been a pleasure and I hope something of what I've said is useful to others. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much. See you then. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Breadwinning Mums. Please subscribe and leave us some feedback so we can continue to make the show better for you. If you know a fellow breadwinning mum, please share the show so we can cheer each other on. Until next time. Bye.